Welcome to the Speak Up podcast, everyone. I am your host, Surin Fubalan. And on this episode, we will be covering about whether virtual learning provides an equal opportunity for everyone to obtain education. Here with me, I have fellow LVVs, Tamara, Hafiz, and Hazik. Say hi, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hope you're doing well today. Hello. Hi, everyone. So without further ado, let's get started. Firstly, um, what are the problems or struggles involved in delivering education to students during the pandemic relating to both um, students and teachers? So maybe I can start with this. Uh, some of the problem that I can see is the span of concentration of the student. So as we know, kids in general, they don't have a long span of uh, when they are focusing on something. So we have to make sure to keep them engaged to some extent so they don't lose interest and they don't go on the phone or on the laptop and start doing something else. Also, some of the other issues that I have noticed that uh, some of the kids actually, like I have some friends who have kids and I noticed that they start to have some social anxiety because they are not interacting with other kids. And they're starting to forget how it feels like to talk to other people because they're just at home and they are not able to communicate with other um, people, basically. But um, some of the things that you have to remember that these kids, they don't have phones probably at that age if they're still very young. So it's not like us, like for, for adults, we have handphone, we can just call our friend at any time. But for them, they are not like that. So they are totally kind of um, isolated from everybody. And in terms of teacher, there's actually issue in terms of lack of knowledge um, and usage, usage of technology. So what I know that not all the institution actually providing uh, training for the teachers how to use platforms like Zoom, WebEx, Google Meet, and other platforms, and how they can actually help them to engage with the students. So this is some of the main issues that I have noticed overall in this pandemic. I see. So basically, um, students won't be able to develop like their social skills, and there is no two-way communication between students and teachers. Um, as a student myself who had gone through online classes, I would have to confess that I, I was guilty of this, like turning, um, turning off my camera, turning off my mic, and then sometimes I wouldn't even be paying attention to what the lecturer or the tutor is teaching. And I'm also very confident that I'm not the only one. So yeah, what's your say in this, Hafiz? Um, thank you, Surin. So, as a student, um, virtual learning really hits me hard. Uh, for me, my biggest concern as a student with this virtual learning is lacking of motivation and discipline to push myself in study session. I can feel the difference between the physical and the virtual mode. In school or university, you're likely to push each other with your friends to be more focused and concentrated in classes because of the environments that create a healthy com uh, competition between friends. Unlike at home or bedroom, you tend to be lazy to do things and you feel like you are on track, but in reality, you are you don't. You, you feel like you have 
a lot of time to do your assignments, your homeworks, but in reality, you don't. So you get distracted uh, easily through phone somehow. So yeah, I think that really hits me hard. And secondly, as Tamara and I think um, Shahi addressed it also, there, there is no social interaction between the students and friends, uh, students and friends and teachers. So it's really, really uh, hard as a student. Uh. And I think one of the biggest problems for teachers because um, some of them, teachers or lecturers, have their own commitment at home. It totally different when we work at home because the routine will not be the same. They will not uh, wake up at 6 a.m. and do their course, do their cooking and stuff uh, for their families. Uh, they would rather wait until like 9 to 10 a.m. to do so and it will really, really disrupt, uh, disrupt the learning process. So I think that's for me. Those are some very strong ideas and um, opinions, Hafiz. Thank you. So now we'll move on to the next question. How has education changed from physical methods? Uh, so I think I can start with this. We are currently not relying on textbook and papers anymore to study. So even if, let's say, the teachers say that there is this certain textbook that you have to follow, um, with the technology that's available, students are no longer willing to buy these books and they're no longer willing to actually study through the book because now we have to learn how to incorporate this technology into our teaching. So we cannot rely on old methods um, using this technology. For example, since we started this pandemic, uh, for me as a university student, I've actually rarely like um, written on any paper. I noticed that slowly, like in the beginning of the pandemic, I still use papers and pens and try to do the old way. But eventually I noticed that I started using it less and less and became more reliant on just doing everything on the laptop, including uh, reading books, reading articles, whatever needed, I'll just do it from my laptop. Uh, but again, this is not suitable for everybody because a lot of students actually have a hard time grasping these informations. Not everybody will adapt that quickly actually to go from, you know, like papers and textbooks to totally fully on like technology. Um, so we have to make sure that the teachers understand that not all students are in the same level. So they have to kind of make sure that all the students are following because maybe some of them are a little bit harder for them to catch up with the class and some of them will catch information really fast. So we need some sort of balance. Thank you, Tamara. Um, I feel that it is like a big advantage, like if students can actually afford it because like they don't have to spend so much on reading materials or they don't have to spend so much time in the library looking for like relevant materials regarding any topic of their interest because now you can just like search everything in the search bar of your uh of your of your browser so yeah so what about your what about you Hazik? what are your thoughts yes i kind of agree that education has changed drastically from our physical methods of education 
Uh, for me, it seems there are no more room for physical interaction since the pandemic makes all this education experience sitting in front of our gadgets. And we have moved from books, uh, papers, and now to internet and gadgets. We have, we have never thought this kind of experience would happen before, right? Uh, this new way of method in education during pandemic has restricted what teachers and students like me can do during the class. For example, before we can uh, go to, 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 to the front and ask the teachers on how to do these certain questions and have maybe mingle around uh, with our friends, even though it, it is is in the class and monitoring is also different now when we when the students can control the students to focus or give full attention to the lessons as i said earlier the students might just join the classroom in zoom or google mail but they switch off their camera and then they leave their gadgets alone i also experienced this kind of situation my i cannot give full attention during uh this new way of learning experience because there's no more monitoring from the teachers so you can simply do anything behind the screens yeah that's my opinion on it um like like you mentioned previously um like before this pandemic students would like study with papers pens notes and whatever so on but now moving into like this pandemic we we're starting to like we we need to utilize PCs, laptops, tabs, and phones, iPads. But now the the more important question is: Does this change cater to students of all of all social backgrounds? Well, Soren, I would say unfortunately no for two reasons. The first one, actually, there are a lot of underprivileged students who are unable to obtain this. Um, gadgets or even Wi-Fi. So it's not fair to assume that everyone is in a good social hierarchy that they can afford this kind of um, expensive gadget. Even if, let's say, these students have gadgets, they will probably just be using their mom's handphone or dad's handphone. And this is not really effective because imagine just how many games there are on the phone how many notifications you will get from different apps. Suddenly someone on social media will just um, like maybe text you or there's a notification from social media. All this can be considered as a major distraction for kids. Um, and also they are expecting parents to actually just sit there with the kids throughout the lesson and just monitor them. But again, this is not really a very... A good solution because some parents actually aren't able to do that during to their work commitments. So I don't find it very kind of um, efficient. The second reason, as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of students actually they're having really hard time in the concentration. Again, parents are supposed to be part of this community in which they will sit with the kids and they will uh, monitor them. Like, for example, I can tell you that my cousins, they are about four and five, um, and they're just in kindergarten. But the teacher expects their mom to sit with them the whole, the whole day, basically, to make sure they just don't 
keep playing around or running around or doing something else and just sit in the chair and just listen to the teacher. This is really um, an effective way of teaching kids because we know kids are hyper. Kids need to do things. They need to move around. They need um, energy. So all this we have to keep in mind actually when we are doing this kind of education. And we also have to make sure that it caters uh, to all the social backgrounds. So we have to find a solution for, let's say, the underprivileged who are in a place where they don't have a stable Wi-Fi. How are we going to help these students? Um, I saw a few months that the government is actually trying to aid these students by actually providing laptops, free laptops for underprivileged students. But okay, you give the laptop to them, but what if they don't have a stable Wi-Fi? We didn't exactly solve the issue. And then the government came out with this package for students um, to give them good internet packages so they can on the gadgets and listen to the classes online. But again, from area to different area, there's different kind of connection. So you cannot say that all students will have a fair chance at education. That's my uh, point of view. Thank you, Tamara. Um, I'll admit that this is a major problem for those like financially struggling. Without smartphones, laptops, and proper internet connection, students will not be able to progress well academically and it will inhibit their development. And you also brought up like how um, like the teachers and the government are starting to like try to cater to the needs of the students, which I think is a very good effort, but still, it still needs to be looked into more. So Hazik, how will this affect the students? These changes in education can give different experiences for many students coming from different social backgrounds. For me, uh, for someone to adjust to this new way of education, one needs two important things. First, they need gadgets. It can be laptops or smartphones. And secondly, internet connectivity or Wi-Fi. And it has to be stable, very stable, for them to be able to join uh, meetings with their teachers. So for me, the experience can be different. Uh, for example, for privileged students, they might have a very positive experience for them since they are able to join the class smoothly and understand the contents delivered by their teachers. Unfortunately, it will be a different story for B40 students or students living under poverty. This pandemic will make it worse to the extent they might think the education is not important anymore. Now their main goal is to be able to put food on the table. As I mentioned before, not having gadgets and internet connectivity can make their motivation and learning worse, and they might give up in their educations. And it's quite shocking and it's alarming to know uh, numbers of school dropouts are increasing throughout the pandemic. So we can see here, uh, there are different experience from privileged students and students living under poverty. I totally agree with you, Hazik. Um, 
having all these gadgets and internet connectivity is is obviously very important so that um, classes will go smoothly. And like when you encounter internet problems while you're in a class, I can tell you it's very, 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 very frustrating. Would you like to add anything else to this, Hafiz? Yeah, sure. So basically, I do not agree with the, the statement above where um, virtual learning is not for everybody. For two reasons. Number one, uh, every student has their own way of studying. For me personally, I rather study alone uh, compared to study in group. And some of my friends, they complain we have a group, a WhatsApp group. They complain like each other, we share our thoughts. Some of them really, really struggling uh, for virtual learning because they can't meet their friends to discuss uh, something that they didn't know. Plus, the interaction as we discussed earlier, the problems, the interaction with teachers, with lecturers are very, very... Um, very very weak lah, I would say. So it's not for everyone. Um, so that's the first reason because um, studying is very subjective thing. Some people uh, rather this uh, this way compared to other ways. So if we want to uh, restrict everyone that um, we need to follow um, the virtual learning style, I think it's not suitable lah at the early age, uh, early stage. And secondly, I would say as mentioned by Tamara and as it, uh, previously, it's about students with low economic status will have will find it very very hard to survive and to access all the notes or the studies items, because compared to the high uh, economic status uh, student lah, so it is very unfair sometimes uh, for them. But um, this is uh, for me personally. I think this is how it is. This is how the world will go. The world will change. So we can't ask the world to change because of us we need to uh, we need to change because of the world so if we know that now the world are getting to change to virtual to ir uh, uh, industrial uh, industrial revolution 4.0 so we uh, as a student need to understand that and need to do our need to have like a de dedication and determination to achieve what we want to study and yeah i think uh, at early age, yes, it will be like a reason for most of the students to not to study. But as the time goes by, we need to learn from our experience, reflect ourselves and try to do the best for us, not the best for the system and stuff. Because the system will keep, go keep going on, keep evolving, keep changing um, in the future. We are the one who are going to face it and we need to find out uh, uh, the ways for us to, to familiarize with the systems. Uh, yeah. So I think that's from me. An interesting point of view, Hafiz. Um, even though the system is constantly changing, we have to continuously adapt with it as well. So now, uh, now that you mentioned like um, students from financially struggling backgrounds, how is virtual education practically delivered to underprivileged students also students from, including students from rural areas? Well, Soren, unfortunately, there is not much um, happening in that area because still the government is expecting parents to be monitoring their children and giving them advice so they will go through the virtual education. Uh, however, a lot of the people that I actually know um, they actually stop their children from online learning because they don't think it's effective. 
they think it's just a waste of time and the kids are not going to grasp any information. Not only for underprivileged, but also even the people from good social status. Um, this actually is causing a lot of problem because it means that these kids are delaying their education just because of the pandemic. But the question is, how long is this pandemic is going to be? Are you going to waste a couple of years of your children's life uh, without giving them education? Going back to the topic of underprivileged, um, as I mentioned, a lot of this underprivileged student, they don't even have gadgets. Some of them, their parents just have a normal handphone, you know, the, the old handphone with just the buttons that you just press and call. So they actually have to go and borrow gadgets from their neighbor uh, so they can actually go for the online class. And again, they're struggling in terms of internet because maybe today I have a good internet, but tomorrow I don't have a good internet. So would that be fair for me in terms of my education if today I can uh, understand the, the class, but tomorrow I wouldn't be able to attend it just because I have connection issue? Um, so this is some of the like big struggles that are uh, going through. But there actually are many, many more struggles, like let's say in terms of um, mental health um, and how education is in general, because we're so used to it being just, you know, us going out and meeting friends and connecting with people. And now all of a sudden you're just all alone and you're just not able to go out. Um, even if let's say you are staying in a couple, you are at home and you're not able to see your neighborhood just like a few feet away from you. And I think that is actually affecting uh, students in a big, big way. And we have to actually look at how we can um, help these students, how we can provide for them a solution that can help them, especially the underprivileged. How can we make sure that they have good connection of the internet? How can we make sure that they are getting the education that they need and convincing the parents that letting them continue their education even through the pandemic is a good idea. Because if, if they're late in their education, um, as just now we mentioned, maybe slowly they will lose interest and they'll drop out from school. That's all for me. Okay. okay. Uh, rural areas have a lesser number of COVID-19 cases or the risks are not worrying as in the cities. For me, allowing the schools in rural areas to open but with strict standard operating procedures or SOPs that they need to follow. For instance, uh, in rural areas, there are Sekolah Kuramurid, SKM or English is called Low Aroma Schools where the number of students are so small. This type of schools has less issues related to observing social distancing. Therefore, I think this type of school can proceed to resume classes in schools. Next, I would like to emphasize on those underprivileged students living in the cities. In cities, the situation might be different because uh, the numbers are quite worrying the risks are much higher than rural areas. But since I mentioned before, gadgets and internet connectivity might be the major concern. So we might have to give them gadgets such as laptops and smartphones and internet packages as mentioned by Tamara before through donation or public funding. I'm very sure that the government 
has the initiatives to help these underprivileged students. So make use of it. And the teachers here have the role to constantly check out on their students by maybe communicating with their parents. And I think the we can handle the situation by making uh, by finding solutions rather than finding reasons for not studying. I I definitely stand with both of you, Tamara and Hazik. Um, I feel that we as a community should stand as one to help to help each other to ensure that the younger generation receive their education. So that this will ensure their, they that they will have a brighter future. How about you, Hafiz? Yeah. Um, regarding the um, underprivileged students, talking about community, I think one of the things that the community can do is, uh, by the help of government, I believe, is to build a room or area for students in each kampung, in 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 the underprivileged sector, in rural area. Whenever they have a class or any education session, they will join their classes from that room. Means that it's, it's like going to class, but it's not that far, just at uh, around the area, uh, around that area. However, for, for the room to be good, uh, however, we need to make sure that the room is big enough to cater a huge amount of students, maybe a 50 to 100 per, uh, students per time, and the internet connection are uh, in a good quality so that they can go uh, through the uh, learning session smoothly. Lah. And in this way, they will manage, I think they will they will join the virtual learning. Lah. So it, it's like a library. Students come and they do their online classes, settle and they go back home. I think that is one of the ways that we can help rural areas students and underprivileged students lah, by, by, provi by providing them this kind of facilities to them. And I believe they will really appreciate it because they they come from a difficult family, so they want to learn hard and all those things. And another thing I would say is provide students with laptop and phones so that they can refer the study items uh, in those devices before or after their classes. So it is not no need to be like very advanced using iPhone or Samsung, a very expensive one. This enough. Uh, just make sure that the processor of the phone is suitable enough, is enough for study purpose. Lah. And this is a chance for electronic developer, electronic device developer to do some R&D in their smartphone. And this is a chance for mechatronic engineering also to, to come with a device that will help underprivileged and rural area students uh, to study by making a device only for educational purpose. Lah. Yeah. No need for entertainment and stuff, just focusing on education. And I believe there is a market, there will be a market because this is a very, very um, uh, crucial thing like in the future. Yeah. Uh, I think to what ha Hafiz was saying, uh, actually, a couple of days ago, there was this white flag movement. So, what I thought white flag movement were just about underprivileged and they're just giving them food and uh, food supplies. So what really surprised me, actually, there was this movement that is specializing in gadgets. They are collecting old gadgets from everybody to give it to underprivileged students so they can actually attend their class. 
we can just simply, if there's a gadget around that we don't use anymore and it's still in good condition, we can just donate it to these underprivileged students so we can do our part of the community. Wow. Thank you, Tamara and Hafiz. I feel, I feel very happy to know that our community is starting to stand as one to help to help like the underprivileged students to attend online classes. And also um, the ideas present um, stated by Hafiz are are some are definitely some good initiatives that should be taken into consideration to help the students in the rural areas. Let us not also forget that um, students are not the only focus, but as well as teachers. So are teachers well equipped to provide virtual education for students? So basically, some of the institution actually took the initiative. Let's say like my mom is actually a lecturer in a university. So they got all the lecturers from that university and they sat them down and they actually taught them how to use apps like Team. Um, they make sure they install it on their laptops and their phones. They made sure that they understand how to use the Outlook and how to use different platforms. So this they will know how to deal with it when they're dealing with the students. They even teach them simple things like how to do breakout room for the students. However, there's a lot, a lot of institutions, educational institutions, they are not teaching the teachers. They just expect the teacher to go and just learn that platform on their own. Unfortunately, we have to make sure to understand that not everybody have the ability to learn this, especially if we are talking about different generations. Um, let's say maybe the young generations are able to grasp this because they are very used to using technology in general. But if you look at the very old generation, it will be much harder for them to understand how to use all these tools. And maybe someone have to guide them actually to use these uh, tools. So um, they actually, like, let's say if they don't understand how to use these tools, let's say PowerPoint. So what they will do, they will just open the Zoom or whatever platform it is um, to connect with the student. And they just teach the old way. And maybe this can be very ineffective for the students because they cannot see you, they cannot talk to you, they cannot communicate with you. So it'll be much, much harder for them to stay focused. That's all from me. Uh, agreed. Like you mentioned, um, the older generation, um, not everyone will grasp like the skills needed to conduct like um, online classes and virtual learning. But I do feel that it is important that they should master it like it should be made a compulsory requirement just to ensure that the students receive the best quality of education um, regardless of this new norm or not um, so bottom line is that the teachers uh, need to undergo some sort of course for online teaching or maybe institutions need to organize programs for their lecturers and tutors to ensure that they can adapt themselves better to this new norm. It's a sudden change and no one has ever thought this virtual education will be a normalcy one day. But lives need to go on 
make use of time wisely and use any platform as best as possible. Who would have thought one day we can make WhatsApp very educational by constantly sharing PDF notes or asking our teachers by texting? Uh, I also would like to emphasize on whether the, the teachers and students' mental health may be impacted negatively due to long hours sitting in front of the, of the screen. So I think this, other than what Tamara mentioned before about the teachers are being trained to do this new kind of way of learning, the teachers also need to be advised and to be guided to practice health and safety ways when working with gadgets. As we know, sitting in front of the gadgets can make us frustrated. Maybe the teachers do not know uh, are their students really understand on the contents. So this might affect their mental health also. So it is better, it is the best that we also, we, we also, we, we, we take care and take note of our teachers' mental health. Yeah, I mean, Azik uh, said a very good point uh, because we never thought that virtual education would be one of the mainstream now. And, and yeah, I think the teachers and lecturers are, they are, they are well equipped, but they're just not prepared for it lah, because because they are used to all all style of teaching, for example, using books, thick, thick books, a very thick books, um, white or blackboard, and etc. So sometimes they just can't accept how virtual education work, works because they have not experienced that. Uh, and it comes uh, and it will, it will affect that they are not familiar with, familiar with the virtual platform, uh, MS Team, Meets, Zoom, plus they don't know like how to um, adjust or cater like um, a very uh, internet connection and internet connectivity like they don't know how how to place their laptop and stuff because I already have an experience where in my first semester uh, my mathematics engineering lecturer is she is very very like uh, not interact uh, not uh, not interact with the students so it, we, we find it really hard to study with her and yeah, I think that is will be one of the effects lah. If uh, the uh, the teachers or lecturers are not well prepared or well equipped with uh, what we are going through now, yeah. So just to conclude this, um, adapting to this new norm isn't going to be as easy, as there are many challenges that we will have to face, like those that you all have mentioned. So just to summarize the issues. Um, that we have to face is like students from financially unstable backgrounds do not have access to smartphones, tablets, and laptops for online classes. Then we also have the students living in rural areas. They may not, they may not even have proper internet connection. And then if we compare virtual learning with um, physical learning, it lacks the social interactiveness between students and lecturers, which can sometimes take um, a toll on the mental health of both teachers and students. 
and then students will also lack motivation and focus due to um, like Hafiz mentioned uh, unsuitable learning environment at home and then as uh, Hazik mentioned earlier students uh, I mean the understanding of students cannot be fully assessed because they it's easier to cheat when it's online and they can just copy and paste from here and there as well as attendance cannot be properly monitored because they can just enter the meeting but then they can they just turn off their mics and cameras so they appear to be present but they're not focusing on the lesson and also not let's not forget that not all teachers are are prepared to handle virtual learning as they may need to undergo some sort of course or program. Now these issues can seem overwhelming at first, but together we can execute proper solutions to these issues as, as all my fellow LVVs here have like um, shared their ideas and solutions to these problems. I would also like to address that there isn't equality for education. I mean, think about it. Comparing those M4D and T20 classes with the B4Ds, it's not even a debate. Like students from the B4Ds obviously may not have access to the smartphones and laptops uh, for online classes. And worse still, if they live in rural areas because um, internet connection can be poor in cities. So what more so what more to mention rural areas? So I think um, that is all from us. Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, if you would like to know more about this Speak Up project, do follow us on Instagram at Speak Up Malaysia. Thank you. Thank you.